0: Okay and three two one.
1: Hi everybody. welcome to Mormonish. I'm Rebecca
0: and I'm Landon
1: And we have a very exciting guest in the house today. We have our friend Monique We are we've been trying to schedule this for so long and we are so happy to find her here with us today. So we have a very interesting story around how we even ever ran into Monique. And Landon, (laughs) you can probably do a better job than I can. Why don't you tell this fascinating story?
0: Yeah, so we we actually met Monique. She was performing at a uh, dinner theater that she performs in. It's called the uh, Salty Salty Dinner Theater. Uh, We've been to it a couple times, but she actually had written the production that we went to see Uh, We didn't know that at the time, but we went to to see her and she was a fabulous singer, wonderful singer, and the production was really fun. And at the end of the production, we went out and the cast kind of comes out and takes pictures with you. And we just got talking to her and it was so much fun to talk to her. We had a good time talking to her and at the end of the show, and then we took pictures with her and left. And so the next day I got on Facebook to uh, kind of put some notes on the Salty Dinner Theater and say, oh, we really enjoyed the production and i i ran into her facebook link and i i went to her and i said oh uh There's the the gal we talked to last night. And so I
1: And being the stalker. Being the stalker I am. I'm into Facebook (laughs) stalking. Like it's exactly yeah. Being (laughs) the stalker that you are. Of course, I'm really not one to talk because it seems like everyone we have on, I met on Reddit somewhere.
0: You you meet on Reddit, I stalk on Facebook.
1: It's fine. We divide and conquer and get awesome guests. I'm really glad that you did,
0: Landon. (laughs) That's right. So I saw I saw her profile. I I, I went to it and I started reading uh, up on her. Uh, you know who she was, and on there I saw several comments that kind of made me think: Is she an ex Mormon, or it, it sounds like she's Mormon? Then it kind of sounds like she's not Mormon. So I just I just messaged her and said, "Hey, it's me from last night. I've really enjoyed the show." Um, <laughs> you know, and she said, "Thank you," and I said, "Do you mind if I ask you a question?" And she said, "No," and I said. Are you by any chance post Mormon or ex Mormon? And she said, "I'm actually just left." And I went, "I thought so." <laughs> uh, so then I told her about our book club and said, "You ought to join." And it turns out that she works at the same place Tom does, so they got right. talking and uh, and we just got talking. And eventually, uh, I know uh, you went out for brunch and we and that and brunch, uh, yeah. we went dancing at the uh, New Year's gala for the drive uh, gala. Drive and yeah. she's a great dancer. Not only can she sing, she oh can dance. Gosh. She danced a the terrible whole night dancer.
1: long. I'm so glad I tricked you. <laughs> this episode of Mormonish is a musical. We're going to talk about it. No, it was it was really I mean, I think we just connected even talking at the theater and then Landon of course goes out a limb out on a limb and messages and asks those questions, but we're so glad he did because uh, we just really have a lot of fun with you and your husband and it's just awesome. So We were very excited to be able to get her on the program, and so I'm going to read her bio very quickly, and then we will dive in, because you guys are going to love Monique as much as we do. So um, I will start out by saying this is Dr. Monique. Yes, I said doctor. (laughs) Dr. Monique has worked as a humanitarian and human rights activist for nearly 20 years. Her research and service focus has been on human trafficking and gender socioeconomic inequality issues. She has a rich background working in nonprofits as a project and accounts manager, director, fundraiser, community outreach manager, homeless outreach worker, and trainer. Her activism has taken her to Kenya and Guatemala, where she conducted field field research and focused on educational development. She is a professional performer and journalist, having worked as a television panelist on a nationally syndicated talk show, as well as written for various publications. She completed a PhD in human science with a specialization in transformative social change and currently works as a professor of sociology and communications at UVU and Salt Lake Community College. So now you can see why we wanted her on the show. Welcome, We're Yes, you right. you are. <laughs> You're so good for my imposter syndrome. You make me feel a little cool. <laughs> Thank you. Well, no, I know what imposter syndrome is, but you don't need to have it because you're the real deal. So that's right. (laughs) So I guess our first question for you, Monique, is just tell, I mean, we read a little bit about your professional background, but just tell us about you, where you grow up, where you grew up, who you are, your family. Just tell us whatever you'd like to talk about. Sure. Um,
2: I, I moved to Utah when I was seven. I was born in the church. Both of my parents were converts. Uh, Born in California, my parents divorced when I was seven, came here and then, you know, lived here through my undergrad, met my husband at a singles ward, linger longer, went to mingles. A singles ward success story. (laughs) Yes, yes. And we married and we lived here for a bit and moved around the country quite a bit for job advancement and things like that and then ended up back here. And I have four little nuggets. Two girls, two boys. We live in Highland, Utah, and that was my bio. I don't know what else there is. I love.
1: There it is. She's I love so Netflix modest. and
2: soft socks and and heaters and
1: and tea. <laughs> and tea. Wow, it's almost like a Tinder profile. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So and you're so you're a professor at UVU. Yet you also oh, look. My set's falling apart. You're a professor at UVU, yet you also, um, you're involved in the theater world. That's really exciting. Yeah,
2: when I was younger, I was trying to be a famous superstar. Clearly, I didn't make it. <laughs> but and I'm fine with it now. I love my life now, but I still love performing in the arts. So it's more a hobby that I do when I have time, but I love it. Oh,
0: well, that's the, awesome. Yeah, the, the uh, play that we went to at the Salty Dinner Theater, she actually wrote it uh and it, it was really well written uh, it was
2: it was fun my daughter good. was in
1: it so it was fun that's yep, right your daughter, your daughter was, was the bird. creepy crow in the cage. <laughs> she was cave <laughs> no because we we sat there we really enjoyed the play but we kept going god this is really well written this is really well put together you know and i wonder who wrote oh, that that was geez. the question we were asking so yeah we were really excited to meet you and all of that so that's great how many of you written for salty is that your first one or do you collaborate that's or? the first one i've done solo
2: there was a little collaboration okay. but i was the primary writer but i've collaborated with others quite a bit on different scripts so. that's awesome yeah.
0: and we is probably ought to a- explain yeah. that what salty dinner theater is is you, you actually go and eat at a, at a restaurant and they perform in the restaurant so you're yes. eating while they're performing and they're dancing around you and there's an audience participation It's a lot of fun. We've been to several of them, but uh, I think yours was my favorite one. It was it was very well done. So
2: it's fun. It's a lot of fun. There's no fourth wall, meaning we connect with the audience and improv. It's wild. (laughs) It's
1: fun. No, it really is. So and then so uh, being a writer, which you are, and that will, I think, eventually segue into the next thing that we're going to talk about. But at this point in your life, you are you're both faithful, active members of the church, you're in Utah, you're living the dream with the kids and having callings. And uh, what? Tell me about your callings. What were you doing? Um, well, the louder I
2: got, the less um, power, you know, like my callings yeah. were, were such that I had less power. <laughs> so I've power. Been, been I worked in the Women's Presidency for a while, which I loved, primary presidency, um, my husband and I did a lot of gospel principal teaching. Every time we move, they keep giving us that, you know, calling and um, youth um, Sunday school mission ward missionary, things like that.
1: Yeah. The kind of stuff where you're just outgoing and you're working with the yeah. kids. Um, and yeah, yeah, I can I can see why they would call you to that. Absolutely. I mean, that was I can see being in that Sunday school class would be really fun and exciting. So that's awesome. Just living the dream and and going along. Mm-hmm. Until... Ever the choir director? Oh, no, they
2: can't. They always were like, "Oh, you sing. You should direct the choir." I'm like,
1: 200 I can't do that.
0: I'm a solo singer. I was in choirs, but. yeah." You, yeah, there you some can really sing, so there's sometimes a disconnect. There's a
1: disconnect on music callings. I find like they don't quite understand. Like, I know, can, like play the organ for us. Just because I sing, I can't play the organ. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. No, I played the piano, but I couldn't play the organ, and I was in award events where they go, "We want you to play the organ." Uh, we're going to give you organ lessons. They're going to be every Saturday from nine until three, every was, Saturday just for like five and months. How to do and it, right? I'm like, <laughs> it was one of the first times that I ever said no, because I typically didn't, but that was just, I have little kids in soccer. Oh, I'm not going to be taking oh. organ lessons every Saturday for, you know, <laughs> looking back though, had I done it, they were free organ lessons. <laughs> I, was, I might be in the, you know, in the conference center right now. But. Yeah. You missed an opportunity. I right? missed an opportunity. So, All right. uh, We digress. It's okay. There's so many tangents. So then we come to a point where there was a very famous talk. Landon, why don't you discuss that?
0: Yeah, I think we all know of uh, Elder Holland's uh, musket talk at BYU, and it stirred up quite a few uh, people got stirred up from that. And Monique was one of them. Uh, in fact, I remember this. I didn't. I didn't know this till she told me that she had had put this article out. But I remembered it when she when she sent it because it was written by a faithful member and was very critical of the Musket Talk. And I remember reading it in the paper, going, "Wow, this person's got some guts if they're active, uh, because it, yep. it's very strongly worded." And it was very well written. So it's you know once I learned that you know you've got a PhD and stuff and you're a writer, well, I understood why. But I was going, wow, this is really really. It was,
1: I was scared. I, oh, I do bet. I have the article, Landon, to pull up? Did you find it?
0: I, I do have the article. Yep. Okay. I can.
1: Yeah, because I would you know, and I I would imagine once we show it that some some of our viewers will go, I remember that because. The unique thing about it was that you were faithful and yeah. yet you saw that talk and you understood the damage um, that it was doing and could do and you had to speak out. So let's talk about that. Tell us your mindset, how you heard about the talk, uh, what your reaction was and what made you decide to do it? Because it's a big step to write something like that. Yeah, I A I, lot yeah. of us felt that way privately, but to take it to where you took it, that's a whole different thing
0: and i'm bringing Sounds it up like, right now oh, here we so. go
1: oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so by the
2: point at, at the time that he gave that talk my husband and i had already been transitioning through our faith in a manner of like nuance right like we've been dissecting and deconstructing i think having children children really propelled it like wait a second we love this religion We we know it's true so we can't leave but holy cow like this stuff is wrong. And I, and I had originally, I mean, my brother's gay and I remember when he came out, it's like, I love you, but you know, oh, you're sinning. I mean, that's where I was at, you know? And so it took quite a few years. I remember my babies being little and I spoke to someone really close to me. And I said, honestly, I am really praying every day and researching and, and, and troubled because I can't figure out why it's a sin to be gay. It's not it's not and i and i'm not going to teach my children it's a sin and the response was well what kind of a mother are you (laughs) from someone very close to me who i respected so so it it was kind of years and years of going oh my gosh this this is not okay and the uh you know the 2017 um policy change my husband and i that's the first time we went do we believe this like can we can we this is how can this be right you know so it had been A journey of honestly, really never letting go of the belief that this was the one and only true restored gospel with the priest's authority and the keys. I can't leave, but at the same time it was like this double-edged sword of this stuff is wrong, like we're harming people. And so we felt like, you know, if we're going to stay in this religion, we have an obligation as members to speak against the problems. And we, we naively thought perhaps we could make improvement right and a so difference have- from the inside yeah. I think that a lot
1: of people yes. do and they stay for a long time and for some it works for a while but then eventually and yeah and for, Yeah.
0: for those who want to read it it's it's uh you can you can just google it but it's monique dare christ never taught to exclude homosexuals from eternal happiness in the salt lake tribune so if you yeah. if you search uh monique dare salt lake tribune you'll find this article and it's well worth the read
2: thanks so, so yeah, we, we were, we were really, um, believe it, I think we we're kind of unique. I don't know how many people sit in the box of being like a hundred percent. This is the true church, but also a hundred percent this. Can I cuss on this? It's SHIT. Yes, you <laughs> can. Me. No, you can. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, my husband had been storming out of, uh, not really, so he stormed into religious Society and was like, we're getting out of here. We're done with this shit. They're teaching, <laughs> you know, like they were teaching racist stuff. And, and so, right. so we'd been on, you know, I was that loud family member constantly housing my family. How can you think this is okay? And so really? it wasn't out of um, the norm for me to be speaking against it. but. I think it was like you said out of the norm to speak against it as passionately as passionately as i did when i also was like this temple going like you might i was like this is it like this is it you know and working in activism for years so many people and higher ed you know research different different circles i'm in they're like so like you fight against this inequality but at the same time yes. and i was just like i know i know but i can fix it it's okay and i do feel like on a micro level i, I was able to be there for people and make make some differences in different lives but only on a micro level 100 percent, i had no voice and, and my husband even as a white man with the priesthood he's like i don't have a voice either like they shut you off so so anyways we were very much in but very much speaking against the you know, racism, patriarchy, and the the queer phobia. Um, and then this talk came out from Holland. And the, the thing is, Holland was one of those guys I was like, okay, I have hope. Like, there, like I was constantly grabbing onto any crumbs of hope that there would be progress. And they'd be like, okay, one step forward and five back, you know? But I thought Holland, he's this, like, I loved him. I was like, he gets it. And then he gave that talk and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, I was horrified and I really felt like, how can I possibly have any kind of, for me, how can I have any integrity? If I stay, if I'm part of this organization where the leaders, this isn't from the bottom, this is the leaders, the top down. Saying I mean such hateful things and in academia too, like to see a young man use the valedictorian speech to, to be so vulnerable and share something so beautiful. And have the apostle attack him for it and then bring up violent metaphors i was heartbroken and devastated and i couldn't understand why everyone was not losing their minds about it and honestly i thought you know what i'm gonna write i'm just gonna write a letter and send it to the Salt Lake Tribune. and so i casually sent an, a t- an email hey if i you know i have this idea and they go yeah send it over and i spent this sent it by friday and i think i spent three days in complete anxiety, like, should I do this? I can't do this. What's going to happen? Did your I husband
1: know that you were thinking about it? Oh yeah, and he's, this nuanced,
2: it? he's a nuanced, he's he's always been like, he's like, do it babe, like a hundred percent. But I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know Go what for. will happen because if you read
1: it, it's not gentle. I mean, I'm really,
2: I mean, I'm saying, you know, like know, that's like, why like, it stood like, out. Said, that's why both you know? Landon
1: and I remember reading it and i think like sharing it like i shared it with my husband you shared it with your wife i mean we shared it around and went look at this i mean it was very I love that you guys saw
2: i don't know how many people read it but um but you know when i finally was like i'm doing this I, I remember i was getting off the freeway heading home and i'm just praying in my heart petrified i have this window to publish this article should i do this and i swear to you Call it universal energy, God, whatever it means to you. This this thought came cr- very clearly to me. Read the lyrics of To Dream the Impossible Dream from Don Quixote. Don Quixote. That's your, that's your answer. Oh I was like, God. that's weird. I'm I'm somewhat familiar with the song, I don't remember it. And if you read the yeah. lyrics, it's like, oh my gosh, it's it's basically calling someone to courage and just to do something bold, no matter how hard it is, because it's the right thing. And I was like, okay, God, I'm doing it. I'm gonna do it, you know. I and love I that he spoke
1: to you uh, through Showtunes. One of yeah, my I favorite know. things. Like, so, no, and that is one of my favorite it. songs. So, see the the energy, whatever's there, knew how to reach you because. Yes, you are and I, I remember
2: I read these words, and it was just you know I I don't have it memorized, but if you look it up, I was sobbing. There was no denying. I'm like I'm doing this. Like I can't. And i didn't think it'd make a huge difference but i just felt like it's what i needed to do and so that's how it came about and you know there wasn't i thought that we fall out my family was used to me being loud i did you know i was disappointed that family and friends that were really tbm were like oh, well that was a little harsh i hope the apostles okay
1: i'm yeah. like,
0: like what like do you are- the
1: apostles okay what about all the people killing themselves they're not okay you know <laughs> So they really ask if President Holland would be okay. Oh my yes, god. Yes, they were worried
2: about him because I was too mean to him. I'm like, you did not even read it. <laughs> but why are you worried about that? You know, like oh. you're missing it so so painfully. Um, I said and I had been meeting with my bishop because I was I was struggling. I was like, I'm not gonna leave. I have this determination. I will never leave, I'll never be weak, I'll never lose my face, my faith, right? But I was like, I can't reconcile this stuff. And so I was meeting with him a few times and I was like, I need a spiritual mentor that can help me see hope here. And that, you know, he really sweet, but you know, <laughs> I need just debunking all the the, the terrible gay grammar yeah. pot talking points, you know. But so I said it to him, I said, You need to know this is where I, this is where I'm at. I just see the apostle, this is how I feel. And he was very kind and gentle. You know, it's it's Bishop Russian roulette. I mean, I think I could have had a worse experience, but he was like, I'm so sorry you're suffering. And but it's always like a little how do we deal with this strange TBM yeah. that's so loud and obnoxious, you know? And now uh, she's uh, written
1: something in the Tribune. Yeah. It's a yeah. next level thing. Overall, it was
2: the reaction. I mean, I'm sure whispers behind closed doors. Um, a few people were really touched and thanked me, but it, it didn't cause too much fallout.
0: <laughs> did did you I find sometimes you'll do that, and you know you'll you'll hear the outspoken ones, but then people come up and say, "I read your article. Way to go! Way to go!" Yeah,
2: I think I had a few friends like message me, you know, things like that. But it was people were really afraid. A lot of TVMs were, I think, afraid to boldly because I think it resonated with some people, but it was
1: controversial, and
2: people are afraid. A lot of people are just
1: afraid, you know. Wow, that is so interesting. And so so the article's out and not really any fallout. So then explain to us how you ended up on the other side of Mormonism. If you were determined. And the cognitive uh, dissonance, because it sounds like you were 100% in and 100% opposed to like the November 15th and things like that. And everyone can probably relate to this. There's a point where your brain just goes nuclear, so right. we love that drama. No, I'm kidding. Just <laughs> no, it's, whatever you it's, it's, it's a necessary <laughs>
2: process. I mean, I was, we. my husband and I both had a temple recommend when we stopped, when we were wow. like, we're done. I mean, we were, we were in like, I was, because it, it almost feels like you don't have a choice. If you really like, this is the one and only way I can be with my babies forever. What can I do? You know, right. like it, it's so in cognitive distance. And I had like, um, you know, extended family that have left and been like, Hey, mom did you happen to write the CES letter? And I was always like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know there's crap in the history. I don't like polygamy, but you know what? People make mistakes. I, I didn't realize at the time, I thought I was being open-minded, but I was still really stuck in the cognitive dissonance, you know, like I think I was crawling out of it, but it's so right. intense when your whole identity, your whole life is wrapped up in this, you know? Right. And so, I mean, I had a lot of childhood trauma and like, Leaning on Christ and, and this, and my faith and my spirituality that I'm like, that's how I got through it. So how do I, how do I detangle my identity and my healing, you know? And so it was so challenging in that way. But, um, but as you know, during COVID we weren't going very much because nobody wore masks (laughs) and I'm like, well, I have children, I don't want to get COVID. So we, and, and, and in any case, we also were homeschooling and I've always been very focused on teaching my kids all the different religions and theologies and and we are really learning more mindfulness and meditating and and i was like who you know we are really praying to heavenly mother they love to pray to heavenly mother
1: we're little feminist children and so um we were really all while journey. being active and going yes. to church at yes. home you were i would hate to be your child's primary teacher they must have <laughs> really- well i to me i was like Okay, even if is
2: true, they're, maybe they're, you know, that doesn't mean, I I basically started following my own authority, my own gut. And I taught my girls. I never taught them anything different than this. What an old white man says on TV or in the newspaper or whatever is not, is less, far less important than what you feel you're supposed to do. Like your connection to your source, that's primary, you know? So in that way, our transition wasn't, Terribly challenging as far as like feeling spiritually lost, but but I was like, well, we have to stay. It's true. And um, but as I as we were learning and exploring, and you know, I'm, I'm reading different books, even from from LDS scholars and things, where it's like, you know, I'm, and I've traveled and meeting people from different places, and I'm like, why is this the only path? How how does that honestly make sense? If this is the only this is the only way, you know, right. all these other things have beautiful truths. And so I and then I started. And I remember talking to my family and like, yeah. I don't think this is the only way, you know, I think other people have ways. And then if that was true, then that means I don't have to stay and deal with all the pain. That means I'm not stuck. And so it was slowly happening, but a few things were kind of the kickers. Um, one, a huge one. I have my best friend is atheist agnostic, you know, in that realm. And she's never, you know, had that strong testimony and struggled with it so she's like i admit that i don't understand what it's like but also what the hell like <laughs> you never understood it and i remember saying to her right before the last spring conference 2022 there was rumors that they were going to tell us don't pray to heavenly mother and don't try and learn about heavenly mother Yeah. and my girls love like that was kind of like their link. I mean, they really were like, "Mom, why are only the boys allowed to serve sacrament? Mom, why can't the girls have the priesthood? And, and I never, I never did apologetics with my kids. I was like, I mean, you're right. It's dumb, <laughs> you know, but that's not a great answer. Like, then why are we here? You know? And so I was struggling, but, but I, but we really want to have a mother. And, and I remember saying to my friend once when we were having a conversation, right before the conference, I said, I gotta be honest with you, as much as I've always been TDM, I'm terrified that that rumor is going to be true because how can I look at my daughters in the eyes and say, yeah, I guess in our religion, you only get men, women are just second class. And that's just how it has to be. And, and it happened. Do you remember it happened in the conference? Yeah. They, they said oh, all yeah. that. And I, and yeah. I was like, you know, um, and we my husband and I were watching under the banner of heaven, which is so good. <laughs> and there's this scene in it. So this is all kind of happened around the same time. There was a scene in it when Emma was like, I'm out, you know, And she went and Brigham Young's new prophet, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but she goes and takes her son, puts her arm around him and she walks away and her face, I I mean, I just want to email the producers and be like, and the directors and be like, thank you. It was not, it wasn't, she was leaving and she wasn't weak. She wasn't all these other stereotypes. It was a face of maternal strength. And I was like, Wow, you know that's powerful. Um, and we had got, we went recently also to the Pioneer Museum. That, uh,
0: is daughters, next to the daughters, daughters the Utah pioneers.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, the one next to the Capitol. Yes, uh-huh. yep, oh, we like just there a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, outrageous. It was just a billion, you know, objects, portraits, clothing, etc., from pioneers and tons of women. And we walked through it, and it was so my my, my daughters are just they're little impasse impasse. I mean, they, we really are sensitive to emotions and energy. And I just remember thinking to myself even, damn, this is a depressing place why is this a depressing place? Why is this so sad and negative? And my daughters were like, mom, this is so sad. And we went home and they were sad for about 24 hours. And I'm like, well, we shouldn't be sad when we look at museums of our pioneers' history That's supposed right. to these happy, wonderful people that embraced it, you know? And, um, but the, the ultimate was, my husband said, uh, we had friends over and we were, we were conversing about this. And he said, you know, if I were a woman, I could not be a member of this church. And, I went,
1: <laughs> and he'd never expressed that or anything well, like that before. I me, mean, he said to me God, once God.
2: before, and he's always very supportive, but, and I found out after the fact, he was like, I could have left when the policy changed. And, you know, he never really, he always, he never did tithing. We'd fight about that. Um, and I was always like, how can you not really lead us in spiritual stuff? And he's are like, sorry. So it, it was—we was, we we didn't communicate well. It's one of those things where it's like, he was like, I could live sooner. So when I was out, he was like, let's go, you know? Oh. Um, and so, so him saying that.
1: You never had those issues. That's great. Yeah. So him saying that was not,
2: but we're going to stay because it works for me. It was him acknowledging
1: this isn't. This is
2: very patriarchal and it's gross to me. I don't know why it's OK. And But I crumbled. I was like, if you don't think I could be here, then why are we doing this? Why are you dragging us away? And he was like, babe, I'm just following your lead. Like, So I, I just fell apart. It was on his first date, May 13th last year. I punched a hole in the wall, you guys. I mean, I was like falling apart as, my, as I'm letting go of this intense. Core belief that this is the one and only church, and I finally he said, and I mean I was like I can't remember that day, but it wasn't good, and I'm crying hysterical, and he's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? My poor wife is crazy, and uh, and he just said to me, listen, babe, if you don't, if you say to me we're never going again, we'll never go again, and I just remember pausing and looking at him and saying, I don't want to ever go again, and he said we're not then, and that was it it was and as soon as we made as soon as we made that flip that was it we were done I emailed my Bishop we're out like and I talked talk to my mom I had a panic attack but I, I called family that was it for us like once I let I was able to let go of that I was free and that's how it felt
0: that that's that's the first time I've heard, you know I've heard of you know people read the CES letter to go out and and uh maybe rough stone rolling. I've never heard go the daughters of the Utah Pioneer music. <laughs> I don't know that was their
2: intent.
0: <laughs> funny is story right. is funny story is when we were leaving, do you remember what happened, Rebecca? They were just closing up and some guy came up at the end as they were closing up and and had a, a dumb blonde joke for Rebecca.
1: <laughs> yeah, he goes, want to hear a dumb blonde joke? I'm like, why would you think I want to hear a dumb blonde joke? I have a master's degree, you know? I mean, yeah, exactly. He goes, no, this is great. And his wife was standing there going, ha, ha, you know,
0: it's okay. I <laughs> oh, oh that. my gosh. yeah, I'm
1: like, really? Okay.
0: So that seems to be the place to go to have bad experiences. Well, the <laughs>
1: other interesting thing about that museum, I don't know if you noticed, but they have a huge display uh, and and everything in it is either is brought, you know, across the plains here or belonged to pioneers here. So they had a huge collection of tea kettles and coffee pots and coffee grinders. <laughs> I mean, we all know that they drank coffee. If you look at any of them. Oh, the, yeah. There's like, yeah they... They but just <laughs> to see it displayed like that, it was just like interesting that but i understand song. what your daughters felt and what you felt yeah, you know, like these women were
2: not happy mom these women, women were, were not happy, happy.
1: no none no of them not. most of most of you know and i'm like ah, yep. yeah and um
2: i mean and we and i've been kind of following what made sense to me like i i i got to a point where i even though i couldn't let like, go that it was true i was like well the word of wisdom is like we're interpreting it so stupid so i'm gonna drink coffee and not have a bunch of sugar and watch my me and and not take a, you know like i had i'm like that just means take care of your body and, and garments i it slowly was stopping wearing them but i was like i don't feel bad about it because i don't think i should i owe these old men my dedication to covering my body with the underwear they want me to like yeah. so and then i've been kind of on that path for a while but i couldn't let go but it's true yeah so i gotta fix it you know
1: well, you've been tethered to that your whole life, and it yeah. meant something to you. And as you said, you had experiences that you can't deny that were right. something that were meaningful and supportive of you. So, of course, of course, it's right. hard so. so when you when you um distance yourself from garments, did you go the workout gear route? That's what I did. I literally wore workout gear from two thousand and two to I finally just stopped wearing garments all day. It's like, oh, she's working out, right? No. <laughs> you know what? Well, I honestly think a lot
2: of women are doing
1: that. A yeah. Lot oh, no, we got a letter in our stake. And... Yeah, no, we actually got a letter in our stake in the early 2000s because everyone was doing that that said, um, first of all, why are you going to the gym? Do you have to think about that? You know, yeah, exactly. You should be at home cleaning the yeah. No, it was like, why are you, you know, I don't know what they were afraid of. And then it said, if you do go to the gym, make sure that you change out of your clothes right away. And I just thought, oh my God. So, I, I remember mean, we I lived in we lived in
2: Memphis when the new, remember there was a tra- a transition, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, 15 years ago, where the garment thing got really intense. Like, yeah. don't wear it, you know, wear your garments for this and this yeah. and this. And it was, they specifically would say, like doing yard work, you yep. need your garments. And I'm like, yep. do you know how intense the heat and the humidity is? Yeah. In Memphis. Like, we're having heat stroke here. Yep. This feels like Women a have cold. their own issues what? with garments. Is we so. Okay,
1: Landon, plug your ears. We're going to talk <laughs> about that. Yeah, they're a major. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yes, not yeah. That's, the, that's how I start I'm like, I'm not wearing the bottoms. They make, they make yes. me
2: and then like, I need the top. So, yeah. but I just kind of, I wore t-shirts still. Cause I was like, I don't want to be judged, you know? Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm that's exactly it.
1: Bodice, but I'm not doubling layering my clothing. Oh, I used to keep a garment top. I finally, I finally graduated to this maybe like two years ago, but I would, first I would just wear garment looking clothing, but without the garment under it, because I, I literally yeah. feel, I didn't have a name for it, but I felt like I had body dysmorphia as soon as I put them on. Like, I remember being, you know, I got married when I was a little older, 25. So I'd had plenty of years to be wearing <laughs> all the fun stuff made. And I remember putting them on and I literally felt like I had gained 30 pounds. I felt I completely... Know. Well, and that's the thing. Is
2: so It's so, so unflattering. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I hear so people flattering. say...
2: Yes. you just want to leave the church so that you can yes. feel sexy. Well, so yes.
1: Why can't yeah, I feel sexy? Why can't I feel good? You want to feel sexy. That's I mean, right. Should I just wear a tent? Like, is that where we're at? It's so, it was so, know, it's a big deal. It really is. I mean, maybe not as much for, for guys. I have to laugh at my husband because, you know, he's stopped wearing garments. But Then he goes, Hey, can you buy me some white t-shirts? I'm like, well, sure. You know, he's used to that. And then he goes, what about some like white boxer briefs? TMI, but he literally looks like he's wearing garments. He has. Uh, yeah. But well,
2: I'll tell I you, you, my husband, my husband has a little boxer briefs now, and I'm
1: like, oh, yeah. Well, oh, is, is the, the nice benefit. Again, Landon, <laughs> plug your ears. I get please, to, I get to navigate. talk now. <laughs> Don't show us your boxer. I went briefs. right
0: <laughs> to those too.
1: <laughs> I used to keep a garment top in the car. You know, in case I would was headed oh to a relative's, that, you know, like maybe I'm at work and then I don't know I'm going to go to a relative's house, and you know, then I kind of graduated to this, and now I feel like, you know I cannot, I even I can't really wear short sleeves. I can wear long sleeves, that's fine, but as something that's here, I can't it's do it. It's almost. Here it is, February, and yes, or almost February. I am wearing this. Because you know, well, I also wear it on Mormonish because, and my other programs, I do because I don't want there to be any confusion about kind of where I stand. you isn't know what not I mean? funny. Nice that way showing your shoulders, say, yeah, is such a statement here. That inch means <laughs> it's oh, like a she's line moving, in the sand. Yeah, no. but That way, it's clear. Oh, she's nuanced, or maybe she's more post. It explains well, like who you are. And I have people; they'd see that.
2: You know, if I posted pictures right. going out to an event in a gown with no tank top or with yes. no shoulder cap. I mean, I have my sister would run into people that I barely know that she didn't even know like coincidentally. Oh my gosh, like this happened a few times. Um, oh, I noticed your sister's not wearing her garments anymore from her face. Garment police. Is she leaving the church? I'm like, oh, that's so icky. Like stop it.
1: <laughs> no, especially <laughs> where we live here in Utah. I remember one time I was My husband is a DJ, so I help him do stuff. And we were DJing the 4th of July big parade down in Provo. You know, the big one. Oh, cool, yeah. Sitting in a booth slightly off of the sidewalk. And we were going, all right, the next thing you're going to see is the Daughters of the Pioneer walking by with their sad, sad, sad paraphernalia. No, but anyway, so I'm doing (laughs) the announcement, And I'm wearing shorts and I'm wearing garments and I'm wearing a T-shirt. And, of course, I'm leaning forward. All of a sudden, I feel someone's hand down my pants. Okay, from the back. So when you feel someone's hand down your pants, well, first I looked at my husband. No, it wasn't him. I whirl around. It's this older woman. And she goes, your garments for showing. Oh.
0: I mean, it must have
1: been maybe, you know, you lean forward in a and they're gosh, tucked in. That it must is have so been, like, that creepy. Her hand went down my this. pants to put my shirt back in. And she's like, your garments. And I was just like, Okay, oh next we have God. the brigade, the fire, and you know, it was the weirdest experience. But it, it taught me that there's no level where invasiveness is not okay. You can literally put your hand down your yeah, You're absolutely right. There's no... sure that their garment is not revealed. So, oh my Lord. I've yeah. always wanted to tell that story, and now I got to tell it live on air. Now you have time. time. We Weavers, now we know. So a stranger put it. a hand down your pants because your <laughs> magic it And I don't know what the male equivalent of being able to wear porn shoulders is, Landon. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? How do you reveal to people... That you may have a different ideology uh, are you wearing pants Let's I, le- just I let that my question. belly
0: hang out under my t-shirt you know <laughs> it's, it's like a, a white, shirt, shirt, in a a white shirt there and they go hey <laughs> <laughs> really, really sexy no so the answer is
1: it's my bottle of scotch that i walk out on my front porch every morning with right is that well yeah yeah Jeez, oh, it's, it's it's
2: green though because i've always wanted to. i love tank tops. i don't like a lot of clothes i'm like a hippie oh, i'm no. like a crunchy girl And I love now, because I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to feel like a hypocrite before, you know, so I was very frank. I'm like, here's where I stand. I I do have a glass of wine sometimes, and here's why. Like, I never was, I try not to be two-faced, but at the same time, it's like, I still feel like if I'm in this community, this religion, like, I still need to uphold the, you know, appearances. And so it's so nice now that if I walk outside and I know I have a glass of wine and my shoulders are showing, I'm like, Oh, but that's okay because they already know I'm I'm an apostate, yeah. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <And>
0: there <laughs> one, it is. But
2: one thing too, like you know, kind of going back to the identity thing, there were some very special experiences that I had that I that really truly helped me through a lot of. I mean, I, I everyone's got their stuff, but like, I had a lot of stuff, you know. And so I kept. That's the part too that I kept taking on to, and I finally went. You know what? I don't have to lose that. Leaving the church, they don't have the monopoly. On my spirituality, then I'm the monopoly on a relationship with Christ. And yeah. so I'm not I'm taking the precious things with me. I'm not losing anything. I'm just leaving behind the toxic, harmful things, you know? And that was really an empowering thing to realize. Wow.
1: Again, I, I keep clapping for what you're saying, Monique. It's just it's absolutely <laughs> perfect. No, that's exactly right. And and it seems like something that's so obvious, but it's not obvious. I know. And that's not the thing deep now. Deep when you
2: deep kind deep. of leave, I'm yeah. like. And there's so many times i'm trying not to be hard on myself because i'm like that should have been so obvious to me like what was wrong with me but cognitive dissonance, you know it's and and there's um i can't remember his name at the top of my head but i remember during this process sharing information about research on spirituality right there's i think fowlers name, but there's like seven Uh phases of spirituality stages yeah yes and most people kind of get hung up on the third or fourth which is fine if that's what works for you but if you try and go to the next it's it's excruciating, yeah. but it's kind of elevate, it's very elevating right. for me. Yeah. But, but that's an important thing to remember. And I try to remember that too, because if I, now I'm looking at things and I'm like, there's such like actual evidence. This is so obvious, you know, the history yeah. that there's so many lies and it's so obvious. Like, And so it's hard not to want to take that information to people that are TV and that I care about and be like, are you nuts? Yeah. Look, it's so obvious. But then i, I had to tell myself but look at me like i was oh, 30, i was 38 i was yeah. 38 when i was able to and i was i'm an educated activist i'm like and it still took and i
1: thought right
2: and i <laughs> thought like, i'm i not an apologist i see it for what it is and i, and I still right. didn't you know and so it reminds me to have a lot of grace and patience because spiritual journeys are individual and
1: intense. That's complex. right. And they're very complex. It reminds me of, and Landon was at this event too, it was Thrive two years ago in Salt Lake where Natasha Helper, do you remember this? Yeah. Landon? Gave just a wonderful, she said, basically you're standing in the middle, turn around and look at your past self, you know, everybody look at them. And Forgive them. And they yes. did the best they could. And they're still a good person. Do not do not be disappointed. Do not be mad at your former self. And then turn around and let's see where we're gonna go. And that was so powerful. And you could just yes. see people were just standing there going, I've never thought of that. You know, I'm frustrated with my past self. I have to forgive that self. They were absolutely doing the best they can. And here absolutely. I am. So That's yeah, so shout out to, to Natasha. Do. Those exercises have stayed with us. They really have. Yeah.
0: yeah and we raise some pretty good kids too along the way you know so that's right
1: you have to look mm-hmm. at that too so no that's mm-hmm. true and and maybe that's um, one of our next things we'd like to talk to you about because you are a mom of four younger I mean you know I think your yeah. oldest is a starting to be a teenager-ish. yeah, yeah. so that's you know you said they were okay with not going to church anymore but I know I know where you live you live kind of by me and it's I always call it a bubble inside a bubble inside a bubble so there are some some challenges to navigate. Maybe do you, right. you like to share it? To, Cause I, I don't think we've yeah. had anyone on Landon to talk about that phase of life, which is very important with navigating with the kids.
2: Right. Well, you know, it is, is very hard because I do feel like because of our own kind of spiritual journey and teaching that have their own authority and our kind of very feminist approach to, to looking at religion and things like that, we, um, We were able to transition spiritually kind of seamlessly because from the day we were tv in to the day we're like we're out which was literally within a day like once i was like i don't hold on to that authority i was like then i'm done you know um nothing changed as far as our spiritual beliefs because we'd already been kind of like doing our own you know following our own instincts and our own personal revelation call it whatever you want the holy ghost my gut instinct whatever you want to call it i think it's all the same thing right and so I'm grateful for that because that made it not too jarring for them in terms of like, oh my gosh, now what do we believe? But it was still hard, you know, because I mean, I was like, this is true, kids. We're gonna go to church, and and she's excited for young women's and getting, and she was um, getting ready to, you know, she. I think we had just done her temple experience for the first time, which frankly, I was very like, honey, there's some weirdness. We were like, I'm not. There's some stuff we don't like about this, but. I also she really wanted to experience it. And I'm like, well, what's the harm in checking it out? But I, you know right. but she so she's in this awkward place, and my younger daughter, very intuitive little love. I mean, loved Heavenly Mother, like obsessed with Heavenly Mother, you know. And so even though I kind we'd kind of prepared them on accident, because we did not think we were gonna leave until we left. Honestly, truly, honestly, truly. I did not think I would until I did. But it was still hard. Like I, I remember talking to them, like, hey guys, like we need to talk about something. Me and Daddy are like deciding. And my oldest cried. It was still hard, you know, it was confusing. And I knew and I and I took a lot of accountability too. I'm like, you know what? I raised you in this. I taught you this is true. And and I do give myself credit for allowing them room to question a ton of stuff, but nonetheless, this is the church I raised you in. And so I can't just suddenly pull you out. So I kinda I said, you know what, what do you want to do? Do you do you still want to go to young woman activities? Like, do you want to go to camp this summer? Like, how are you feeling? And, and so she did kind of, she went to camp still. And, and so we told the, the, the young woman leaders, please don't because they were kind of pressuring her, guilting her to go to church. And the young women were, and I, and they were very respectful. I said, how do you want us to handle this? I said, you know, invite her to activities because the only way she hangs out with people around here is if she goes to activities. That's the only way, you know? And, um and so she kind of dabbled a little bit, but you know, when she went to girls camp, she had a, transgender rights shirt she slept in i mean she's just this little queer ally my daughter like she's amazing and that didn't go well <laughs> and yeah. so she just comes and I'm, I'm like you need to decide for yourself and then finally she didn't go much with other extracurricular extracurricular but she did she went a final time and was like man i don't fit in and i said honey to be honest with you i i, I don't know that this is the safest space for you but you know, but, but I want you to make that choice. And so she's finally like, you know what, I'm not gonna go to girls camp again. And they asked recently, hey, is she ready? And I said, you know what, like, she doesn't really feel comfortable, like she fits in socially and honestly, spiritually, we're on our own journey and we're feeling great about it. So no, but thank you. And they've been mostly respectful. I mean, I have been respectful, weird comments, but mostly respectful of our boundaries, but it's undeniable that as soon as we left and I was very, I was public, I know everyone has a different journey, but for me, I'm like, I've been so loud about everything. I'm going to be loud about this, you know, I mean, right. Um, overnight, they lost all their friends. No, one's knocked on my door since last May to play with my kids. Oh my. God. And quite a few used to before that. I mean, no one, and, uh, we tried, we brought cookies, here's our number. We tried. They, you know, the only interest they have in socializing with our family is if it's in the context of a church activity. And that's disappointing, you know, and it's hard. We're literally the only ones in our community that aren't part of the community anymore. So it's been hard as far as that goes. However, we've been um, cultivating extracurricular activities and social community service experiences already for so long with them that they still have that outlet. They still have right. those support networks. And I feel like they're much healthier.
1: So well, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, I would bring up um the Thrive organizations. Um, those are wonderful. They have them in, you know, lots of different cities. They have an overall one. We started something that's like a Thrive Sunday where you can kind of go to a I love that.
2: I mean, we wanted to music
1: and and a lot we had our first one last Sunday in Provo and a lot of kids showed up, which was awesome. And the kids were all talking so. I think there are avenues people on the other side of it trying to because you're not alone in that i think a lot of kids feel that i mean both yeah. and yeah. stepped away. It, when it, our it, kids were it, older so we didn't have those issues although older kids have those issues too i yeah. really okay. totally a hard
0: time who do i date everybody yeah
1: who do i date i know well
2: and like, my daughter has this crush on this boy this cool band program she's in and i'm just kind of taking my heart cringing because i'm like are the parents gonna tell him you can't talk to her when she says she's you know, like it's probably legitimately,
1: bad. maybe, honestly. Okay. That's gonna be hard, yeah. but yeah, it's gonna be really hard. But
0: wow. we we did find out there is a thrive for singles too. Uh I oh cool the thing on Sunday. So yeah, I didn't know that and I, I'm not exactly sure how you get in touch with them, but that's yeah. uh something for singles.
2: And there's a lot of there's a lot of great we're we're not lacking in that in that realm, you know. It's it's disappointing but we're okay. Right.
1: Well, if you think about it, when you're in the church, it's plug and play, no matter where you go. Like if you move to Minnesota tomorrow, your kids will be plugged in. I mean, and that is the beauty of it. That community. Yeah, And we Um, moved a lot. You know?
2: Yeah. And I think it's important to allow ourselves to honor the positives. Like I have had a lot of great experiences and opportunities in the gospel. It's not like it's all bad just because it's not true. (laughs) There's still, and, and I think it's okay to allow ourselves that. Um, And and maybe grieve the loss of that community, but on the same hand, it it doesn't feel like a loss if they don't see us as we are. Like I'm not interested in those kind of relationships for my children. I don't want that for them. So so be it, you know.
1: No, and I think you've really stated what Mormon-ish, our podcast, is all about. There's a reason it's called Mormon-ish. We're still Mormons. This is my soapbox. I say it. You know, well, it's faithful, there's nuance, there's post, they're just doing something different. But culturally and everything that we believed in, all those experiences that we still hold in our hearts that were wonderful, we're Mormon-ish. And so right. we can talk yes. about it and, and navigate it from there. So yeah, It's you're part of our exactly.
2: identity still, you know.
1: And I think, you know, there's a lot
2: of, it was meant to gaslight and scare people from leaving. But there's a lot of attack on members who leave. Yeah. You know, just totally diminishing us to just being these like angry people that can't let it go. Right? right. Um, And that's frustrating because it's not. It's OK if I can't let it go. This has been my whole life. It's OK if I'm still trying to untangle it. It's OK if I'm still trying to right. figure out what I can value from my entire life experience in this versus what I'm learning and unraveling and, and, and how I'm supporting and, and validating where I'm at now. Like, and, and also it's okay to be angry. You know, that doesn't. Absolutely. I feel it's, it's frustrating when people say, obviously it's true because you left and look at you now, you're just like angry and <laughs> sad. And I'm like, do you say that to people that leave an abusive relationship and they're angry when they leave? Mm-hmm. Do you say you should probably go back? Because look how upset you are, right? No. And I do think it's important, everyone's journey is different. I and mean, I do think it's important to, to, to validate that process of the transition, but to, to keep going, right? Like right. staying in a place of anger doesn't that help. It's not a healing place. It's probably, it's a necessary step that's not a healing place. And that's why I love your podcast to kind of highlight, hey, here we are, <laughs> we left and guess what? We didn't lose everything. <laughs> it's okay. But
1: we also don't want to diminish exactly what you said that different people t- their journey is different. And some yes. of them, there is so much trauma. Hey. It's probably annoying to see a podcast like this going, hey, we're doing, you know, because that's not everybody's story. And it hasn't been our story the whole time. And yeah. who knows in the future. I mean, I always tell everybody I, you know, I'm very closeted. My extended family does not know that I'm out. Oh my, my own gosh. parents don't know that I'm out. Um, my two TBM sons know that I'm out and they they have are very slowly been estranging themselves sort of from me. Oh, and so, no, so no, sometimes you're over trauma so and you're in a place and then you realize you look in the future and you know there's more to come that you're going to have to well, deal you're with. You're right. It's just,
2: it's like, I feel like it's a grieving process, which is yes. not a linear yes. path. Exactly. it's a ping pong ball so you may, pong ball. you may I find in a year you're angry again about yeah. something else that's emerged or something, that triggers it. something
1: comes out yeah and you're just like what are you kidding me you know it takes so a long
2: time to heal a long yeah. time and we
1: need to give ourselves grace and respect that journey yep and no right or wrong don't you agree landon sorry I,
0: we're just like chatting we chatting, chatting. do yep you've got <laughs> it, it's, you, you've got to you've got to grieve but then there's you got to move on you know it's right because it's 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 freeing like allow yourself to enjoy the
2: rest of your journey because i you know i got a lot out of it but i was stuck in a box and now it's an exciting journey right
0: open yep
2: yes (laughs) and i think it's a very the more i'm like how i'm like trying to navigate this the more i'm like oh my gosh you know this belief that that's the one and only is so harmful and it's so not true. And it's breaking families apart, you know? The reality is if we embrace, there's a whole bunch of paths. There are, right? We're really looking for self-actualization. We're looking to heal. We're looking to learn. We're looking to be more enlightened. And and there's various ways to do that in various cultures various parts of history with with a lot of themes that all line up, right? And if you understand that, we're all with a kaleidoscope here. We're going to speak against the harm but the honor the rest of the journey there's nothing wrong with someone saying you know what this path isn't working for me this path is better for me we wouldn't feel this angst of trying to convince like oh no now you're now you're not going to be with me for eternity right like that's that's so
1: that's damaging intense. i know and because it's not true you know yeah. it's so I mean, damaging we, though it's yeah. you know and you can see the pain and the devastation of parents that their kids have yes. left and you know it's no matter what their behavior is they're coming from a place of love they think they're not going to be with their right. child again and so it's almost like using right. you have to use earthly tough love to get them into shape so that you can you know be together yes. in next life But it's so sad and well, it, and i have to say it goes the other way too kids can sometimes do that to their parents who have left so uh-huh. you know it, it's just it wreaks havoc on relationships oh, man that is it's
2: really so hard it is, is so really hard, hard. And I'm very,
1: very lucky that my
2: husband and I were in sync because of that. And your whole
1: family. I mean, that's almost a miracle story. A lot of people are in just such. Right. I'm really grateful because I hear so
2: many stories and it breaks my heart, you know.
1: I know. Wow. So tell us, since the theme of Mormonish is living a joyful life on the other side of Mormonism. And we've heard about all kinds of joyful things you're doing. Is there anything else? That you're involved in or interested in that you'd like to share we just love yeah. to talk to we're doing so many so, interesting things kind of going back to that like
2: i don't like calling it even a faith crisis for me it's something that faith expansion right and i'm like that, oh, that's I love what that the, that's what this is for me this is a faith expansion yeah honestly I, I just feel more free to explore things i've always felt interested in or that felt right to me but i'm like oh i can't do that right and right. so in this expansion, we're just exploring so many things. I love Buddhism. I'm I'm really on this mindfulness journey, which is applicable to any, you know, you can be a Mormon and anyone on that journey. Oh,
1: Buddhism. So- oh good, I have like a hundred books like that. It's so yeah, cool. I, I helped John God. DeLand run his um, Mormon Stories book club and tomorrow we're interviewing Noah Rashada. So oh, really, Rashada, okay. it's just yeah. such, wow. it's, it's like good. So good, so it's good.
2: There's, and there's so many different like, kind of mindfulness books and psychology and the neuroscience behind so many things and I'm just mind blown at how much more there is out there and how free I am to explore it all these different theologies and we really I've really been focusing on mindfulness with my kids we do morning magic every day where they have to meditate say affirmations Jesus for gratitude journal we spell it with a Y for yoga, something physical, right, right. and then C is create. Go we'll create something.
1: Because oh my gosh. I really feel did you invent that yourself? Yes, I did. She's <laughs> like, of course I did. Now <laughs> you're a children's I write a curriculum. <laughs> more magic, magic. But, Add that but to the. Just... Box. I love. Wait, say what it is again. So it's meditation, imagination, and gratitude, gratitude, gratitude yoga, yoga, and and, and create and create something right
2: and the meditate um is often you know if, if it like either listen to your meditation or go ground like stand outside in the grass and take deep breaths and be right. in the moment i really meant to grounding but, oh, i mean they're such a great mom <laughs> that's so awesome so sweet i just feel like it's so empowering because i'm realizing all of my triggers and all all of this ego and brain controlling my thoughts and i can I, and i can shift this and it's there's neuroscience behind it it's not just Ooh, energy work and voodoo and, and chakras yeah. and there's no, it's all hooey-looey. No, it, it's legitimate, you know, yeah. and it's really helping all of us process this transition in a way where we are strengthening our personal authority and, and self-confidence and self-love, right, and self-compassion and working, recognizing, hey, I, I'm feeling this way because I'm triggered. Let's think of, let's talk through that. Let me think through that. Why am I triggered? How can I work through that? What's this, what's this me voice in my head saying, how do I replace it? Because something else interesting, I swear to you, the moment I left and made the decision to leave, I woke up the next morning and I noticed something was missing, it was a shame voice that I had always had in my head and it was gone. And I didn't know it was there, but I realized I don't feel shame while I'm doing X, Y, and Z or. Or I see like a picture of a Gordon Hinckley or something and I instantly, I almost feel like, oh no, I'm supposed to. And then I realized when well, I'm free of this. I don't have to just yeah. blindly be, you know, and so I honestly, I'm so passionate and I love that it's picking up. It's kind of trendy now, but I'm so passionate about mindfulness and understanding like Buddhism approaches and things like that because I think no matter if you're Mormon, atheist, Buddhist, it doesn't even matter. Like we all can use these tools to overcome all the kind of doctrine and indoctrination, and the and yeah. the, the groupthink, and the the shame. Like the shame is the worst, right? Brene Brown has changed my life. You
1: guys, know Brene Brown? My oh yeah, changed- Brene Brown. Yes, our book club is reading. I can't remember yes. which one. What are they? I don't remember which one. In a one it couple is months. There's so
2: many good ones, right? But, um, yeah.
1: No, there's so many good ones. And, and oh here's my gosh. theory. Here's my
2: theory on this, right? From a symbolic thing, because I think most things in religion are probably all symbolic, right? Bible things like that. I think there's some truth that's beautiful, but I think it's mostly symbolic, right? Um, I, I this is a weird thing. I'm just gonna share it with you, though. I really will say Renee Brown and all these different things and and Buddhism and and Hinduism and 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 the history of Islam, everything. I've really been focusing on on shame and recognizing this is this is a bigger deal and this plays a bigger role in everything than I originally understood. Right. And so I honestly think I mean, even what's that? What does Satan say in the temple when he sees Adam and Eve? Naked, what does he say to them? Yeah, you he says you
1: put some clothes ashamed. on. You should yeah.
2: be ashamed, right? Yeah. So to me, Satan represents shame. This this is toxic. It blinds us, it weighs us down. It's his voice in our head and we lose our, we're almost unconscious and just controlled by our brain, which is just shame, 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 shame. And there's a lot of trauma response in there too that may have been helpful before in our past that's not helpful now. But I honestly think you could say shame and Satan are synony- synonymous, they're synonymous. And, and Christ, whether, you know, you, you don't have to believe he was anything but a great man to still maybe understand maybe the symbolism, because I kept thinking, well, then what's the point of the atonement? Like, was it this magic? Like, what, what's the point? Like, you know? And I honestly think it's symbolic of unconditional love being what you pull on and call upon to squelch shame. Wow. Christ and atonement is how you conquer Satan. You can look at it as, unconditional love squelches shame because i think shame is the core of so many of our problems and i think religion and the Mormon religion uses shame as a tool to control and we all have these voices in our head that we have to untangle now
1: and it's hard
2: work but it's life-changing
1: wow and you probably don't even realize you need to do it, it reminds me of an oh, episode we did right. last week where landon remember you read your journal you were on your mission for maybe two weeks and all of a sudden you're writing i'm so guilty I feel so I mean it literally it took it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It two, yeah, tell that story for a second again to Monique because exactly like
0: Yeah and and, and I had I, I didn't date before I went. I didn't, you know, I was a straight A student. I didn't swear. I went to church. I was an Eagle Scout and two days in the mission field. I am so I, shameful. I'm I am such a
1: horrible person. I yeah. just, yeah, everything it's we should tragic. not feel, right? Yeah. And that's,
2: no. oh, that kills me. That breaks my heart for you. I mean, there's a lot of lip
1: service.
2: Well, you don't want to like you need to have godly sorrow. That's different, you know, yeah. there's, but, but it's like you're not you. You are still shaming, right? Like I go to the bishop crying and the single's word. I'm so ashamed. My boyfriend touched my boobs. Oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed. Do you know what he's doing? He said to me. He took my temple recommend and said, don't take the sacrament for six months. Of course, months. of course. And I said, of six course. months? Six months? Shame. Oh. Because <laughs> the boy touched my boobs in college. Yeah. Which, uh. <laughs> you know, like, there's just a, real, you know, it's a million stories uh. like this. But it's like, this is not how to treat humans. This is not how Christ for,
0: for doing us. For doing what college kids do.
2: Do. I don't even drink
1: alcohol. I it's <laughs> what what we all know. It's a a a control, Come on. It's a control technique. As long as you can make someone feel there's something but wrong with them they're broken I... and you're the only one that has the answer, they will return to you over and yes. over again. And yes. and once you get on the other side of it and recognize it, it's infuriating. Yes. And I'm just so proud of you for raising your children without that. I mean, they are fierce. I can tell, which is just oh. wonderful. You know, oh, I love that. I'm trying. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're awesome. I think that's great. Well, Landon, do you have any other other? final follow-up questions. This has just been really no, fun. I just want to I think thank you ladies have have for letting me back.
0: listen in. <laughs> no, I, like, we've
1: been talking forever. Huh? I'm like, oh, I've learned so much. <laughs> I <laughs> forgot you were even there, Landon. Sorry, it was girl talk <laughs> night. <so>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have some dude on next week and I'll just sit in the background, okay? Well, you can
0: I, I will say uh, I will say, uh, Monique, it was so fun to watch her dance, but she's just as fun on a podcast interview. Yeah. She's just a fun exactly. person to be around. <laughs> no, no, awesome. this
2: is the first podcast I've ever done. <laughs> I'm, so glad. I'm glad it's been fun. <laughs> well, there it is. That's right. All well, right. Well, well good we could talk I about it. I love what life. you two are doing. This is so important. Like, yep. we need this community. It's so important because you leave and you're like on an island you feel yeah. you know it, around here anyway and and i just think what you're doing is really beautiful so thank
1: you for joining us oh that's so nice and i think that's why uh, to clarify landon is not a stalker but when you do <laughs> run into somebody that you think might be like-minded or might be yes. a friend we're highly motivated to try to connect with people, follow you know, and maybe way out of your comfort zone like that, you know? You,
2: you all follow your gut instinct, and honestly, I'm so grateful that you reached out to me because it was at a time when I was, like, all alone in this oh. journey, and now I feel like I have this whole community.
1: No, so, it's super fun. You do, and there's all kinds of things going on that I'm always going to text you about, and when you can't do them, who cares, and when you can't, you it, but my, I'm always going to let you know. Thank you. <laughs> Because I know where you live, and I live just a few miles away, so I get it. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we are very reluctantly signing off, because I think we could talk forever, but I think, Landon, will have to uh, have Monique back on again. Absolutely, yes. So, She's yeah, it'll be fun. Great. So, thank you, everybody, for watching, and please uh, like and subscribe and comment and tell us about your journey and tell us if you're doing anything special with your kids we heard so much tonight about what Monique was doing and just i hope gave you so many good ideas there's so much creativity out there on the other side and and so much positive light and joy and moving forward so all right everybody good night from mormonish thank you Bye. (laughs) thanks for joining us for another episode of mormonish We really appreciate our listeners and would love to hear from you if you have a story you'd like to share. You can email us at mormonishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website, mormonishpodcast.org. And don't forget to look for us on YouTube and like and subscribe. Keep joyful, everybody.